One, two, three. Oh, fuck. It's our film. Ladies, exciting stuff. Feels a little different around here. And we got a few men in the gym, finally. Woo! Hubba hubba. All right, don't distract them. They have work to do. I'm excited. Aren't you excited? My costume still smells like beer and racism. Was I supposed to wash these? Did you have a good break? Yeah. Just getting divorced. It's complicated. Usually you do a lot better job of keeping your weird friendship stuff out of the ring. Just hope she can keep up. You're on that show, right? Glow, welfare queen. <laughs> What'd you call my mom? It's a wrestling show. I'm not the only offensive character. Everyone's offensive. We have fans. I mean, the girls get letters. There's weirdos waiting outside for them. Wait. You're my favorite. I can see that. We're gonna be canceled. I can't believe this. I think this might have something to do with me. That is how this business works. It shouldn't be that way. They gave a men's wrestling show our slot. So you just let them do whatever they want? Nah, fuck no. Fuck no. Fuck no. What are we gonna do about it? I say we do whatever the hell we want to do. Set the weirdos free and see what happens. You want to be respected, you gotta make yourself useful. I know what I'm worth, and I'm not apologizing to anyone. Everything is gonna be hard. I forgot to pick up my son at daycare today. I don't want to make this show that. Who's ready to do this? Look, I know this is gonna be hard. But I believe in miracles, and we are going to make this miracle happen. We are the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Scott, if your life had a face, I would punch it. Yeah. Wait, what? Let me ask you something. Why would you make the point of saying someone's not a genius? You think I'm especially not a genius? Veronica, why are you pulling my dick? Welcome to another installment of the greatest moments in the history of forever. I'm Zach. I'm Matt. And this is episode number 133, Glow, season two. So when did this debut on Netflix? Season two, that is. Probably less than a year ago, but probably like summer of last year. Yeah, I could remember, um, and I just I, I scrolled through my text messages earlier, because I remember my sister, Sarah, reaching out to me about... She was like, oh, like it was definitely in the second season. The second season was on and she was like, have you seen Glow? And I was like, well, I watched the first season. I haven't watched the second season yet. And she was like, yeah, it seemed like something you would like. I mean, 80s and women's wrestling. <laughs> I was like, yeah, thanks. Well, yeah, before we even jump into anything, I will say the aesthetic of 80s California is right up my alley because I. Yeah, less than zero. Well, yeah, less than zero in all <laughs> things Brady Snellis, yes. but also all of the cheap 80s horror movies that oh, are just yeah, filmed right. in California in the 80s. I'm familiar with all the malls and different little 
parts of LA and everything. Yeah. I do think that Glow captures kind of that fun, realistic version of the 80s. Yeah, the aesthetic is awesome. Uh, Having, well, first of all, like Mark Maron being in it as an actor, like, I mean, he's just sort of a fun dude, (laughs) you know? Yeah, it turns out he's really perfect for it. Yeah, like that character that he's playing being like this kind of down on his luck, aged director, you know, never really, it never really took for him. I like the whole experience of diving into his history with his horror movies. If Sam Sylvia, the character, was a real director, I probably would have a few of his movies on Blu-ray, for sure. It's funny, anytime I see Mark Maron now, and I think about when he first started getting big in the podcasting world and everything, and his two main guys that his whole persona started out with, like the whole apology thing and everything, the first one was John Stewart, who would never do his show and yeah. just refused. And John Stewart is fine, but the other one is Louis C.K. Oh, wow! Uh, and yeah. he would go on like Howard's, like Mark Maron, when he eventually would go on Howard Stern and stuff, and right. he would say like, "Oh, you know, all my friends from back in the day got successful, and I was this asshole to them, and they all hate me, and blah blah blah." And it's like I don't know why they have to call. Like, Lou, why Louis has to call his show, like, fuck you, Mark, and all that. It's like a joke. Yeah, yeah. And now Louis C.K. ostracized from Hollywood and all things entertainment, and Mark Marin is on Glow. <laughs> I think, actually, the first... I, I didn't really know Mark Marin at all until... I mean, at this point, it was probably, like, eight years ago, but, like, it was... Uh, I think you talking to me about Kevin Smith being on WTF, and it was ever, it was whenever... Kevin Smith was basically burying Bruce Willis for being a dick. <laughs> you know? God, I don't even remember that. Oh, I mean, it was a long <laughs> time ago. It was probably like, you know, with like the first year I met you. Oh, wow. I yeah. was I was listening to Mark Maron way back then. I guess so, yeah. Yeah, I don't really remember my introduction to Mark Maron. So that was the first episode that I listened to of WTF. I mean, it was the recent episode at that time. But, you know, I certainly went on to become like a pretty big Mark Maron fi- fan. Do you have a favorite Mark Maron episode? Mm, nothing comes to mind Mine, specifically. I do have one that I love, and I, it's the only one that I've gone back and re-listened to. And he does that thing where only like a certain amount of episodes are available, and then you have to oh like, yeah yeah right subscribe to his app or something to get the rest of them. So I only got to listen to it twice. It's probably on YouTube or something, but it's Natasha Legero. Oh yeah. She talks about, like, dating this guy from, like, Australia, and he was, like, this con artist who was, like, <laughs> so horrible and mean to her. I don't know. It was so funny. I like, enjoy her uh, her personality. She's She's been, like, a fun podcast guest. Yeah, like, her real shows. personality, like, not her put-on pers- yeah, persona yeah. for, right. like, comedy, which is funny and great, but, like, her real persona is actually, like, really funny to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Because it's... The type of, like, her comedy persona, this character she does, is, like, not the type of girl that would be taken advantage of by some, like, con artist, huckster guy from Australia. But, like, the real-life version of her is, like, in love with this guy who's, like, an asshole in Australia who's, like, a liar and a cheater and using her for money and all this (laughs) shit. And she's just, like, not getting it for the longest time. Well, It was just so funny to me and real. I I just... You know, guests aside, I I always liked how on Marin's podcast, and it kind of like plays into like the type of character he portrays on Glow too. But like people always talking on his show about like whatever, and it's like somehow he was always managing to weave in like how 
his ex-wife got pregnant and she was doing that like at him <laughs> like he was somehow like weaving that into like every conversation yeah now he's on a show that feels like a very positive representation of feminism oh sure yeah for sure are all the episodes directed by female no. directors no, no. there's okay. that's what is so great about glow it's actually a, it's a show about women and women empowerment but it's not this forced yeah pretend thing it's actually about equality behind the scenes i mean the two women created it yeah uh, liz flive flahive i don't know how to say her name and carly mensch and then Genji Cohan, who did Weeds and Orange is the New Black. Yeah, She's one um, of the EPs on it. I saw Lynn Shelton's name as a director. Uh, yeah, a lot of different directors. Made some movies that I enjoy. Equal men and women. I think the guy that directed Rabbit Hole directed at least one episode. Wow. Allison about... Brie directed an episode oh, herself. Nice. There you go. Yeah, Rabbit Hole. Talk about fun in theater experiences <laughs> <laughs> of ours. Before we jump into Glow, and I think we'll probably cover... A little bit of season one and two, both seasons. Yeah, I, I mean, I need like a previously on like recap from you on season one because I, I don't really remember the Justine c- character storyline from season one. I know it's like a reveal that it's his daughter. Yeah, that's but, pretty much it. Okay. What was she doing, though? Well, she was one of the That's wrestlers. what I thought. Yeah. And then that just comes to an end when it's When the daughter. show almost doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So before we jump into GLOW... Follow the show on Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Greatest Spot. Subscribe on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. I have another listener talking to me about how he's going through the entire show from episode one. I'm like, oh boy, yeah. I, but like, so I was asked about like, are you guys checking that email address that's being cited like on these early episodes? I'm like, no, no. Yeah, that email address. I don't even remember how to get into <laughs> yeah. it. I think. Was it at was it a Gmail account? I don't. I don't I'm even sure know. it was Gmail, but I don't know what the. I think we just after a while realized that most of our listeners probably had our phone numbers, yeah. <laughs> or at least yours. So. But I'm just like, I'm, I mean, I'm happy that there are people doing that, but I'm just so it's like you, you can jump ahead eighty episodes or something. No, not eighty. <laughs> I when you know, anytime I'm feeling a little blue, I'll scroll through all of our episodes like our history yeah. of and i'll it definitely cheers me up to see that list of episodes that we have it's we've really cultivated a fun collection of topics sure yeah definitely fun i think everyone would agree <laughs> on fun that. for us yeah. <laughs> that's the great thing about the show it's really just for us and if anyone else is interested at all then that's a bonus yeah i mean that's feedback that i certainly get to i mean like <laughs> talking to this person in particular uh you know they're kind of just like well, you know, I've enjoyed some of these early episodes, certainly. It, you guys can tell that, or people can tell that, you know, you get to, like, bug juice episodes. And it's like, wow, these guys are, like, really into bug juice. That's kind of, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> well, who cares about anything? Well, that's true. It's about. good. Yeah, I mean, it's a great counterpoint, really. <laughs> bug juice is awesome. That also got us some interaction with people that we don't know. Yeah, so That's one of that? those things. People, I think some of the more obscure titles, they'll search for those and then... It's We're the, the only, only people talking about there, them. Yeah. <laughs> that was our plan, actually, Carrying from the, the beginning. Torch, keeping it going. I That's like, true. That- I knew that I searched things like Cemetery Man or something on the Apple Podcast app, and if I found any episodes from any like horror podcast or anything talking about it, I would download yeah. it. And I was like, oh, we should just do things that random people might search for. 
Yeah. That I love. So that's kind of what we did. We also mixed in the popular stuff too. Oh. It's not all bug juice and cemetery man. Right. It's also boogie nights and days. Well, the other yeah, I mean the other thing that uh he was telling me which is fun is he doesn't look at what the episodes are. They just like come up. Like he's <laughs> listening to them in his car and they just like come up on the screen or whatever. Like what the next episode is as it starts playing. Uh-huh. And it that would be a an interesting experience. You're yeah, kinda... especially since like episode eleven was like havoc. Yeah. It's like, oh no. <laughs> this is going in a really weird direction right. already. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Not every episode of the show needs to be a history of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Although those are some of my favorite segments. <laughs> we should do a give us a second just talking about our favorite moments yeah. of a show we can't even remember. When I was looking through the old episodes, I was like, I don't even remember what we would have said during this oh, for most of them. Yeah. I was like, what did we say well, during this episode? I don't know. Someone else was pitching to me that we should do a lot of like talk about the show lately, but someone else was pitching to me that we should do like have like more of a structure on the show, like segments. I'm like, what what would it be like? Hottest chicks of whatever given thing we're talking about. That's a segment every week. <laughs> well, we used to do a podcast called Killer Cinema. That's true. The Killer Podcast that had segments. Brian Bell explains a movie. DVD, Blu-ray DVD roundup. That's I think right. was a segment, <laughs> yeah. and we would talk about one main movie. Sometimes we'd have theme episodes, but you know, I didn't love. It wasn't it, as fun, right? As I gotta this. say, I enjoy more of the free-flowing conversation. Not to say that it wasn't fun to do it. We had a lot of fun doing it. Yeah. I think, but the quality of the episodes was definitely not as good. (laughs) (laughs) They were all over the place. Right. So, you know, but I mean, it all relates back to Glow. Just a small kind of startup entertainment brand trying to find its way. So the thing with Glow that I want to say before we actually talk about the show itself. Which we are going to do eventually. That... I don't understand. Like, it got good reviews, and it definitely has its champions in the online media and whatnot, but it doesn't get that same buzz that a show like Girls on HBO got. A show that, in retrospect, is really just a monument to privilege and being white. Oh, wow. And being rich. Not really emblematic of what the feminism movement should be in the modern age. It's a show that, if you know me, you do probably remember that I was a champion of that show for the first season or so. Oh, same here, yeah. But I think at some point during that second season... I, I think if you went back, I had like tweets out there just like applauding <laughs> like the first episode. <laughs> some point I'm such an embarrassment. the second season, it's you get that sinking feeling that this is not at all satire, that these people are serious and that they think that this is like important serious material and you realize that it's like insane it's an insane person show that almost nobody can really relate to because these people are living privileged lives in a city that is full of other races and ethnicities and yet aren't represented on the show and it's just, it's crazy that, like, that show gets championed, even though it had terrible ratings for however many years. And a show like Glow, which is created by two women, executive produced by a bunch of women, it stars mostly women. It's about this real female empowerment thing that happened. It's based in a real story. And people like it, and it gets good reviews, but it's not this thing that people champion it's nobody's 
writing think pieces about why we all need to watch it and why it's so important, like they did with girls. You know what I mean? Like, oh, true. It's yeah. mostly ignored, and I think, unfortunately, I'm I I don't know this for a fact, but it is coming back for a third season. But I have that sinking feeling that it might be the last. It just doesn't well, seem like people care that much about it. Maybe not, but it it is enjoyable. I mean, I think it's just a fun show. There's a lot of heart to it. Yeah. It's funny, but it's also dramatic. Yeah. I do think the season that we're going to be talking about, season two, lacks that focus that it had in the first season True. a little bit. It got away from itself, and it never really picked a storyline to like focus on as the main thing. But it did have definite highs in season two that were maybe even higher than anything from season one. Yeah, I definitely think the one scene in particular is like next level from anything else that happens on the show. Betty Gilpin's nude scene? <laughs> that, that Well, two scenes come to mind actually now. I, I think of Glow as like if you were talking to a Weezer fan and they said, you know, the Blue Album, their first album, is my favorite top to bottom, but my top two favorite Weezer songs were on Pinkerton. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, the first season of Glow is better, probably, top to bottom, but the highest moments, the best moments of the show might be in season two. So, top to bottom, one is better, but two's peaks are higher. Yeah. I might need to go back and and give season one another run. It's more focused, and it's the origin story of all these superhero-type characters that they're playing, basically. Yeah. I mean, I can remember a lot of it being the Allison Brie, Betty Gilpin storyline. Yeah, and I think right. that's why it's focused on something. Yes, yes. Whereas the second one gets messy at times where you're not sure what we're supposed to focus on. There's a couple of storylines in season two that honestly go nowhere and are borderline terrible and maybe even a little embarrassing. Yeah, Knives Chow getting that jacket. No, no, not that. That's just a goofy thing. I'm talking about like the AIDS thing, which is yeah, so yeah. bizarre that right. they tried to force that in there without giving it proper time. It's By the way, weird. I w- was joking. Love that Knives Chow is in this show. You know, and she's giving that one chick like an enema. Yeah, that's, that's like fun. a wild scene. It is. <laughs> okay, so Glow, for those of you who don't know, is a show on Netflix. It's run for two seasons. It stars Allison Brie and. Betty Gilpin and Mark Marin. It's based off of The Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling, which is a real television show that ran from 1986 to 1990. I was trying to explain what it was to Matt before we started recording. Yeah. It's I remember even when the first season was on that you were kind of explaining to me that it was inspired by something that was real, but you know it wasn't really a direct adaptation of it. Yeah, it's kind of a loose adaptation of Glow. However, you can watch the 2012 documentary Glow, the story of the Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling on Netflix, which is what Liz and Carly watched to be inspired to create this show. And you can see it is a great inspirations premise. for different yeah. characters. And yeah, I mean, there's nothing else like it really, especially in that time period. That's the other comparable thing to that's this. fun about it being set in the 80s is kind of that throwback to the old wrestling style, which is like having characters that are just like ridiculous personifications of 
Well, certainly one of the topics I wrote down was the offensive gimmicks right. of Glow, yes. which are based on what they really did in Glow, and certainly and taken like, from what wrestling was in the doing, 70s yeah. and the 80s. Yeah, I mean, they have KKK characters and Nazi characters in the real Glow. I was watching the documentary right before you came over, and I've watched it a couple times because it's really good. It's only like an hour and 15 minutes. I recommend everybody check it out if they have Netflix. It's okay. It's a fun watch. But like they were doing storylines where With like some dark a guns. character had like a gun. And the gun <laughs> okay. is like firing in the air. I mean, it, granted, it's probably a fake gun with blanks, but yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like they were going so over the top with this that what they do in the Netflix show is almost toned down from what they were doing in reality, <laughs> which is so crazy. They yeah. had people coming out like doing like the Nazi salute, you know, and <laughs> pretending they were part of the SS or something, you know, like really over the top characters. Well, obviously, there's a, an episode during this season two that really explores the downstream impacts of on some of the people doing these things with the welfare queen yeah that's one thing i noticed about the documentary about the real glow was kind of a lack of a lot of african-american women in in the cast i don't know i it seemed like in some of the pictures that there were some black women but the people that they actually were talking to there weren't a lot so i i I wasn't sure how many african-americans they actually had as a part of the original glow but they brought them in for this netflix show and the welfare queen tammy yeah played by kia stevens she's the only one of the girls that's a real wrestler she wrestled in tna under the name awesome kong and in wwe as the under the name karma all right she actually entered a royal rumble like the male royal rumble she's one of the only women to do that she's Obviously, a, a bigger gal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she also beat the shit out of Bubba the Love Sponge backstage at a TNA event. Wow, real? Oh, yeah, not on camera, nice. like in real life. Because he made awesome. some comments about Haiti or something when they were doing like a benefit. Oh. Well, good for her. Up. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, she's like a legit badass. And yet, when you watch the show, you would not get the impression that out of the women on the show that she was the real wrestler. We do have a nice, diverse group of girls on this show. A noticeable omission from the beginning of season two, but she's been replaced by a different girl who is now going to play her character. Oh, Cherry Bang playing Junk Chain. That's right. So Junk Chain number one, I got to tell you, I've got it bad for her a little bit. I'm gonna be honest. You know, what? I got a bad for both junk yeah. chains. <laughs> I know. I yeah, was... Cherry Bang is off the charts. That's right. Uh, <laughs> I mean, unfortunately, this is a show that is about a female empowerment, yet it's gonna turn into like the usual pig cast <laughs> that it always turns into. But some of these ladies are attractive, and I don't, you know, if we're being honest about what the real glow was like and what this show is like, I think sexuality plays a part in it. That always plays a part in yeah. wrestling, especially female wrestling. And, you know, some of the women are really attractive. They do do an awesome job of, like, spinning things that are happening in the storylines into, like, the wrestling matches. Like, I love that they do Junk Chain number one coming back into the scene and, like, having, like, the loser leaves town match between the two. Or, like, you know, whichever one wins gets to keep the persona. So, I guess real briefly, we'll talk about season one. So season one is the origin of this show. They bring in a bunch of girls. A lot of them are just actresses. They don't even know what they're doing. 
the guy we all hate from Mad Men, Harry Crane, ruining his relationship and kind of kicking off the, you know, being the catalyst. Mark, for- played by Rich Summer from Mad Men, he's married to Debbie Egan, played by Betty Gilpin. He cheats on her with her best friend, Ruth Wilder, played by Allison Brie. Yeah. And Allison Brie is playing a struggling actress, whereas... Betty Gilpin's character is a more established actress who's she's had kind some of success. Yeah, she's almost left the game though. Yeah, she to had have a kid. This family. Right. And so their friendship is the center of season 1 and Debbie finds out that her husband Mark has cheated on her with Ruth and their friendship becomes frayed and in danger while Ruth is entering the world of glow and Debbie gets sucked up into it, and we meet Sam Sylvia, played by Mark Maron, who's going to direct Glow, and we meet Bash, who's going to produce it. Bash is all the one other of the girls. more interesting characters for me. Yeah. Like, his all his motivations are kind of... I thought, and this, I don't know, I don't mean this to be offensive at all, but I thought he was a gay character until... Right. His reaction to what happens with his butler, Florio, yeah, who's yeah. also his best friend right. in season two. And he, I was like, oh, I guess he's not gay. Yeah. I couldn't really tell what was going on with that character. I, it still feels unclear to me even how it all plays out with Rhonda. Well, I, I, yeah, I think he's just saying that because yeah, he yeah. didn't want her to marry a fan. Right. I don't think he's really like into her. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. It, yeah, season two left off on like a lot of weird relationship notes between sure, some of the characters yeah. i'm curious as to where they're going with it in season three but bash does seem like an all-around good dude oh yeah yeah i i definitely think he's a good guy i think sam is a good guy too although he does like a lot of shitty things yeah i mean he can be downright mean at times right but his reaction to season two's me too moment with ruth wilder's character yes is so different from what Debbie's reaction is to that moment. True. That I think you're supposed to think that Sam is a good guy. One of my underlying questions that in is season two. That is a dark two, moment for Debbie Egan. Right, but I think in fairness to her character, and I'm not making necessarily excuses for what she says and does, but I do think that that was how a lot of those women learn to just deal with the bullshit. True. Yeah, I, I guess. So she's coming at it from the perspective of being a real actress. Right. She'd been on a soap opera. She's probably dealt with like creepy dudes in the industry. And to be fair, it's not like she's suggesting that she's saying to like play the game, yeah. but not actually go through with right, it. Right. Whatever. Lead if on, people haven't seen this, they're it. like, what are you even talking about? <laughs> what is jumping the, all yeah, over why are you place. guys having this cryptic conversation? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, for this particular episode, if you have Netflix and you haven't watched Glow, I think you can knock it out in a couple of days, both seasons, really. The episodes are like 20 minutes, 25 minutes, 30 minutes. Yeah, I think they're a solid half hour. You can knock out both seasons in like a weekend, really, if you have a f- few extra hours. This is feeling like a little bit of an attack. What do you mean? Because of how long it took me to finish season two. <laughs> no, what I'm saying is... For our listeners, sometimes we do movies or or TV shows they haven't seen. And so I'm saying yeah. it might be a good idea to just get caught up on Glow if you have Netflix because we're not going to have time to like explain every aspect of everything to lead into these storylines. We're going to jump into the storylines. Right. 
unlike Red Oaks, where we decided to undertake the entire <laughs> series, we're trying to focus on season two. Although we probably are going to talk about all things glow, I guess. So there you go. I mean, we're already in the middle of it. Yeah, now that we've explained what we're going to do. <laughs> it's going to happen in the future. Right. We're already in it. But yeah, the the Me Too movement, or the Me Too moment of season two is one of the big storylines. I'm trying to remember exactly. I want to say that it wasn't actually related to the real Me Too thing that they had already written this. It could be. But that seems crazy to me. But yeah. I don't know. I don't remember off the top of my head. That would be a wild coincidence considering like the Me Too stuff that had just happened. Well, I mean, it's possible, though, that you're talking about like the creators and writers of the show had dealt with situations that they wanted to put into the show put into this show basically glow is on the air it's kind of popular in like a local market i don't know i'm not really sure what they're all airing to at this point but they're doing okay the head of the network who they've never really dealt with in season one gets involved and he asks for like a private meeting with allison Bree's character I will say that scene, like, once it ends up being the two of them, is just so uncomfortable. Well, honestly, I watched it the first time that I went through this, and then, like, when I first rewatched it for the show. But the when I did my second rewatch for the show, so technically the third time through, <laughs> I was like, I gotta fast. I, I had to fast forward through that part. It was yeah, it's too so un- weird, awkward. But basically, the head of the network wants to sleep with Allison Bree's character. She just kind of runs out of a hotel room. It's very Harvey Weinstein. And Although this that, guy a little bit better looking than Harvey Weinstein. Oh, well, definitely. Yeah. That prompts their show to be buried, basically, by yep. the network they're on and fucked over. And it leads to them essentially getting canceled by the end of season two when they have to pivot right. to some new direction. But it also leads to them kind of going down these paths and taking their own show to the, some unexplored territory. Right, yeah. And in reality, the real glow was always in Las Vegas, which is where this path leads them, leading into season three of the Netflix show. And it was always under the same umbrella, the yeah. same money, the same people promoting it and syndicating it and everything. So it's almost like they took the first two seasons of the Netflix show to get them to where the real glow actually always was. But the idea of the end of season two, it's like, well, you guys are kind of screwed because the network's not going to pick you up and you can't take your show anywhere else because we own all the character likenesses and whatnot. But I don't know. The old glow, the original, the real glow was... On TV. For four years, so yeah. So is the idea of this next season going to be that they're not doing TV at all anymore and it's just a live show? Well, I have no idea because I haven't seen it. But yeah, <laughs> that seems to be where they've left okay. it. Yeah, that's Horatio Sands comes onto the show and he's part of some casino or something and they want to do a live show. They do have a fun moment with him where he's all of a sudden like taking taking control of everything and starts kind of like saying what's going to happen. And then like Debbie's just like, who are you? Yeah. (laughs) And they just accidentally meet him because his kid goes to the same school as Mark Maron's daughter, Justine. In the AV club together, I think. I don't know. He was just at the dance. Okay. 
Okay, so let's go through some of the stuff. We talked a little bit about the offensive gimmicks. That's true to life. The sketches and their usage, especially when we see the show within the show, I guess it's right. episode eight yes, of right. the season two where they almost do, they do what you would think yes. that Glow would be like. Even Ske- like advertisements and everything. Yeah, it's really sketch heavy, which makes sense for the Netflix show because, I mean... What, are they going to do full matches and stuff? I don't really think people will care about that. However, that is, from what I gather from the documentary, true to life. Right. They did sketches. They did commercials for products. It was a whole thing. They even had a laugh track on the real glow. It was very, I don't know. Campy? Yeah, campy, but like sketch showy. Yeah. The one girl on the documentary compared it to Saturday Night Live. I, I wouldn't say it's as nearly as polished or as funny as that but it's like a carol burnett show a mama's family something like that very hokey sketchy kind of feeling one of the things i found myself really enjoying during season two was like kind of catching like who their advertisers are at one point like when bash is like commentating he's talking about one of the advertisers and he's like doing a spot for them but the spot is ending with him like talking about one of their branches closing (laughs) like the glendale location (laughs) is closing was that anything that was that his mom's company? It could it could have been. Yeah, it it definitely has a fly by night feel to it, which is true to the real glow. And I'm not speaking as an expert. I like I said, I never watched the real glow. I've only watched this documentary. I'm interested in maybe purchasing some DVDs of the original glow to check. Why it not? Out. You know, fill out your collection a little bit more. I fell in love with some of those characters from the documentary. I was like, this How looks great. Not? Yeah. <laughs> I like it. What's not to like? Their outfits were very cheeky, like the ones on the Netflix show where you're like, oh, they're just emphasizing ass on this Netflix show because that's popular in modern day. But no, the real glow. There's a lot of butt cheek action, which it's I was kind of su- surprised by for the decades 80s. of emphasizing ass. Well, yeah, that's that comes as a surprise to me. <laughs> The Betty and Ruth dynamic, which is the center of season one, gets pushed more to the background in season two. And I think that at times it struggles to find itself a little bit. There's a lot of characters on the show. There's a lot of different little storylines going on. And in season one, you always had that strong center of like, well, this is what the main idea is. And season two that starts to like stray at times. And I, I definitely was... felt like in season one that the show was about Ruth, but there's a lot of season two that feels like it's just as much about Debbie. Ruth gets a fucking abortion in season one, yeah. which is wild. Right. <laughs> I just think that the show's dynamic was centered around Ruth, but there's a lot of like Debbie only scenes. Like they're, you know, they're scenes made for Debbie in season two. I think yeah. about the scenes with, Harry Crane and his secretary. <laughs> Harry Crane. The the mattress situation. His secretary is from Hamlet 2. Oh, wow. I was like, what do I know this girl from? <laughs> what? Did, did you pull that? No, I thought she was the her? girl that was taking a shit in Not Another Teen Movie. <laughs> that's the girl I always pull. Yeah. You remember I was like that episode of Step by Step? I'm right. like, oh, that's that girl from Not Another <laughs> Teen Movie. I thought it was the same girl, and I'm yeah. like, no, that's not right. And I looked it up, and I'm like, oh, Hamlet 2 I know her from. Yeah. 
the underrated Hamlet too. But I mean, you way, know, they even have like Debbie it. pulling like her whole move early in the season where she reunites with the ex to because he's like this hotshot agent dude to like. Well, wait a minute. Let's pump the brakes. Yeah. She reunites with him at the end of season one. And then by the beginning of season two, they're definitely not together. Yeah. Yeah. But she does use him. She as like pulls an him agent. into the thing. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's the thing with the Mark character. For all of season two, they're definitely separated, and it's not happening. Right. However, he remains a character up through the end of it. Yeah. But yeah, he's annoying on Mad Men. So and that makes on him Glow. seem so hateable. Yeah. <laughs> what I was gonna say was, since the Betty Ruth dynamic is pushed to the background, it, there is like this weird Ruth Sam dynamic that definitely starts in season one yet yeah there are times in season two where i'm like are they headed towards an idea where ruth and sam are romantic oh well that's what it feels like with the whole her like attending his movie thing and yeah then you get he to does point- try to kiss her at one point which gets weird yeah well but it's not a me too thing because he's just like oh okay yeah it doesn't get like too uncomfortable but i mean you know he's kind of a a dictator of a director you know like and to her he actually kind of lets her into the world a little bit and basically starts saying things like you're the only one that's irreplaceable on this show i couldn't do this without you right i mean really throwing it out there yeah really a change up from how he is at the beginning of which the is season. just like i could fire anybody when he flips out at her for directing that intro to right. the show and yes. he fires the viking girl this bothered me every time i've rewatched this so he fires the viking girl that actress in real life then is not in the show for basically all of season two. Yeah. And then once... Only to swerve, come back. Once Ruth gets her injury, which we haven't talked about yet, because that's kind of the big moment of season two, then she's like, well, can you hire Reggie back, Vicky the Viking? And he's like, okay, whatever. And so they bring <laughs> yeah, her sure. back. There's no scene of them even bringing her back. She's just randomly in the next episode. Back in the mix. And there's nothing's ever addressed. I'm like, that's so weird. That makes me think that maybe they're not trying to make Sam super sympathetic because it's hard to get over the fact that he just fires her and is a dick. And there's no cathartic moment of rehiring her. She's just back. And it's like, oh, well, I'm still not quite over him being a dick to her and firing her in the first place. I will say, I mean, at times they treat some of these side characters as throwaway. I won't disagree with that, but yeah. still, it's hard to to overcome right. that moment. I mean, you might need to explain to me, as we head toward the climax, and we've already kind of touched on it a little bit in like, the end of the season, I mean, this whole Bash storyline of like sleeping on the floor of the hotel, I, I mean, he explains this as like, well, it's because I like you, Rhonda, but that seems weird. I don't I know if I was really getting it. I think... Yeah, the whole thing with Bash and his butler and his butler getting AIDS yeah. and that whole thing, which seems like a terrible idea to introduce that into this show because they didn't really give it any time. Right. Like, his butler is in season one, Florio. He's in the beginning of season two, and then he disappears, and then they just concoct this whole thing where he's missing for a while, and then out of the blue, Bash is called... And told that he's died and then like, oh, technically pneumonia and funeral homes won't take him because obviously in 1986 or whenever this is supposed to be, there's still like a lot of panic about AIDS. And yeah, yeah. 
Bash's character definitely doesn't react great to this. Not in a 2019 appropriate way. Right. Where he's like kind of freaking out. Which is, again, understandable for the time period, though. And, yeah, like you said, when his butler disappears, who's also his best friend, he starts staying at the Glotel, like the hotel with the ladies. Which seems like a fun place i mean it seems like yeah kind of based on reality too i think they all stayed in apartments together that were like down the road from the riviera where where they did it in las vegas and that seems like a fun life so they have all of these things going on with his character other than the show and and everything to do with the ladies and i never feel like it all is there it feels like it's missing several key moments of development yeah, I would agree with that. Like, you're not... It seems to jump from one thing to another. I definitely think the whole AIDS storyline with his butler, they should have just never done that. If they wanted to address AIDS, then you have to give that real time. And if yeah, you're not yeah. going to give it real time, then don't do it, because it it's seems a, ridiculous. It, his storyline just feels weird for, like, the seventh build character on the show. Yeah, I, I, I never really understood it, and... There are a lot of question marks about what he's doing at the end. Right. He randomly decides to marry this girl with no prenup. <laughs> True. Because she's an English citizen and she's going to get deported because she never really came into America the right way. She's just been living here under the radar or whatever the story yeah. is. And she's going to marry a fan to get a green card, but then he steps in at just the last a, moment. A creep of a fan, too. The kid from, like, Ladybugs and all those 90s movies. Yeah, uh, still looks the same. <laughs> yeah, still a creep. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you about Bash. It, I That's one of the downfalls of season two for me, why it's not perfect. Because yeah. there are a couple of storylines. The Vicky the Viking thing leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Right. And you're like, well, I don't understand why they did this. If... The story is maybe that actress couldn't do all the episodes for whatever reason, and they had to come up with a reason to write her off for a while. Then that makes sense, but it makes you think Sam is just a dick, and he's never really redeemed for that. Right. And everything going on with Bash, specifically the AIDS storyline with his butler, is so bizarre and feels out of place, and I don't know why you would dedicate five minutes of one episode and three minutes of another episode to it and act like that's enough you're like what i know it's a character that was tangentially on the show and you're supposed to care now that he got aids and died all of a sudden (laughs) it is weird it's very strange i don't know why they did that the big problem i i guess overall with a show like this is the episodes are only like 30 minutes and there are a shit ton of characters there are and so not everyone's going to get the proper character People are development. fighting for time, yeah. And so certain episodes, you feel like you know some of the other characters more. I think they do a reasonably decent job of it. I think the show would probably benefit from the episodes all being like 15 minutes longer. Okay. And you would get to know all of these other characters a little bit more. Write a letter to Netflix. <laughs> well, I think it's a little late in the game for that. Yeah. But I do think, like, Justine is great. I love Justine. Yeah, and Sam's she's, daughter. I mean, heavily featured in this season, too. Well, she's, like, third or fourth. I think she's, like, fourth bill. Oh, maybe okay. Fifth. So she is supposed to be a, a main player. Rhonda, the British girl, is great. Yep. Sheila is great. 
the she-wolf. <laughs> right. That character's so bizarre yeah. and feels very real to me. That feels like a very... I mean, I might be completely wrong, but that feels like a Genji Kohan character based on Orange is the New Black. It okay. just feels very Orange is the New Black to me. Gotcha. For some reason. Tammy, the welfare queen. Yeah. She has gets a decent a amount of time in season with two. With her well-to-do son. Melrose. You know, you don't know a ton about her, but you get the idea. Yeah, She I think thinks so. that she's a bigger deal than she is. Right. She pretends to be a wild party animal, but it's basically living off of her parents money that kind of thing beirut who i have a feeling might be featured more in season three based on where they were going in season two all right seems like they were exploring the idea of her starting a relationship with the new junk chain yeah which i was a hundred percent on board for (laughs) (laughs) i was like yeah junk chain being a stripper and doing this dance right now i i I feel like anybody's gonna be falling in love fortune cookie a for, a definitely offensive. Right. Uh, Ellen Wong. So good. Knives Chow. Yes. From Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, I love her. Vicky the Viking I already talked about. So there's a lot of... The original Junk Chain. Original Junk Chain, Needs Cherry Bang. Needs to be Bang. talked about. Uh, her real... Like, her character's real name is more crazy than her wrestler I name. Know. Cherry Bang. Uh, so what... I guess, you know, she ends season one by, like, getting a real acting job. Because we pick up and she's like on a TV show and she's not. Yeah, there. the network that Glow is on. Yeah, they give her like a cop buddy show. She can't remember lines like you and have she the right turns to remain silent to be a terrible <laughs> Somehow, actress. Yeah, but I will say, I, I just think smoking. Like I, I love Junk Chain number one. Yeah, and I think she does a little bit of nudity, like very brief, in season one. I believe. Well, whatever it is, she's got it, you know? I especially like her new character after Junk Chain when she turns into Black Magic. Right. Whew. That There's some exciting. fun. I, I enjoy the scenes with her. Is it her husband that's the referee? Yeah. They have some fun scenes together. Yeah, and those two have, like, a history with Mark Maron's character, yeah. Sam Sylvia. He has, like, the infamous line in season one where I guess he knew that she had, like, a miscarriage or something and he he says like a womb goof oh goodness (laughs) (laughs) yeah pretty wild let's talk about the russell love story with oh that's right cameraman the most unlikely suitor for allison brie it seemed to me well they really try to portray the ruth character as a loser ruth is a super sweet girl though i mean it's so other than fucking her best friend's husband true but, you know, there was some <laughs> self-esteem issues there. Yeah. I mean, you kind of get the impression that that was a lot the comes... one mistake of her whole life. Yeah, and I mean, a lot comes to light in that hospital scene, you know, as oh, to yeah. what led up to that. Yeah. So you're saying you don't think that Russell is good enough? You know, I look at Russell and I look at Ruth and I'm just like, you know, I'm not seeing it. Now, I mean, I do find Russell to be incredibly kind of likable as just the, I mean, he's just a nice guy, you know, like he he's, works as a cameraman. He's kind of like a film nerd. He wor- used to work in porno. Yeah, which you can see by his look, <laughs> you know, he's got he's got a very used to work in porno I type look. I think he's like an all right dude. Yeah. I think he's fine, especially for the character that they're trying to portray. I think... I just I something that we've learned over the few years we've been doing this podcast is that even when they're trying to cast like a loser female role, it's still going to be a hot chick. Right. Yeah. And so you kind of have to get past that. Okay. 
and we know Allison Brie from Mad Men, Community, etc. Yes, yes. We have a long Scream history. Four. Yeah, we have a long history of being attracted to her to get over. <laughs> Collectively. Some Russell guy coming in with his porn stash and afro, and he's going to sweep her off yeah. her feet. Right. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I mean, even, like, Debbie's, like, making comments on behalf of, like, the viewers of the show where well, she's just like, oh, my gosh, I got to see you from He looks like an extra from Taxi. Yeah. I think that the whole thing with Debbie is interesting, though, because she is – acting out and she is still holding on to this anger from the actions of season one which i think is interesting for this show because not every show would commit to that remaining important for another season well i think a lot of shows would just move on now from what happened in season one and instead i think it's important they keep it going on the other hand it's almost like if they didn't have that it would almost feel weird like there wasn't enough going on but I think that it's interesting how they did it also because it's not at the forefront at the beginning of season two. It's always in the background. It never is the main focus until it is. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. And then you're like, oh, yeah, this is still like a big deal. And so she's being like Debbie is being passive aggressive, super passive aggressive towards Ruth, cock blocking her in a yeah. lot of ways with Russell throughout the season. I mean, because she's, she's pissed. It, right. Her husband, her husband fucked Ruth. They tried to make it work. It didn't work because ultimately, it's ruined everything. Well, see, that's the thing that's kind of in question, and Ruth brings it up during their big fight. Oh yeah, it's like, did she ever really love Mark? Was that really as solid as Debbie thinks? As Debbie in acting? hindsight now, yeah, it seems like their marriage was never that great. Probably right. And Debbie was never that into Mark, and Mark was never that into Debbie or whatever, even though that seems crazy. (laughs) But, like, you know what I mean? Like, their marriage was never that great. Mark was like, she thick. (laughs) Yeah, everyone was. (laughs) But whatever. So Debbie's now pissed because it's ruined, and they tried to make it work, and it didn't work, and now they're definitely getting a divorce, especially when Mark starts to date his secretary and there's a new woman, and right. she's really having a hard time with that. And here's Ruth, this fucking bitch that <laughs> fucked her husband, is yeah. now going to date somebody else in front of me? Like, fuck that. Right. I'm going to do really, everything I can. When really, it's like Ruth kind of comes off as like so pathetic. Like, she, uh, like I, I, you know, I haven't dated anyone in like so long. You know what I mean? Well, that speaks to the self-esteem issues of right. Debbie as well. Well, yeah. She always has to feel superior to Ruth because without that, she doesn't feel like she has anything, yeah. probably. And so we do see Ruth as the main character, and so we understand her self-esteem issues, but Debbie has a whole right. list of them herself, probably. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Okay, so the big moment of the season is... Ruth's character, Zoya, who is this Russian character that Alison Brie does great. It's based off of a Russian character they did in The Real Glow. She works her way back into a storyline with Liberty Bell, the character played by Debbie. I do really enjoy her like wrestling persona's name being Liberty Bell. I think that's perfect. Yeah. And so what happens is Liberty Bell is in a feud with the welfare queen, Tammy, played by Kia Stevens, and that ends, and the ending of that feud doesn't go according to plan. It gets awkward and weird, and 
Tammy is really upset because her son is in the audience who's disapproving of this semi-minstrel character that she's playing. It's offensive. And so she's literally like crying in the ring, and the crowd starts to sense that this isn't right. In a great kind of improv moment, Zoya runs out and pretends to kidnap this little girl. Right. The pretend daughter. Just pulls a girl from the audience, yeah. Yeah, the pretend daughter of Liberty Bell to get the crowd back on Liberty Bell's side. Right. It's classic wrestling stuff. Oh, yeah. (laughs) For those of you who are really into our Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Survivor Series 97 episode (laughs) or our History of NWO episode, this is our third wrestling episode. I would say so, Or actually fourth because we did a Monday Night Raw one. And we did a give us a second on WrestleMania. This is our next one. We're not necessarily going to do like a wrestling centric episode anytime soon. So this is it. <laughs> this counts. Glow. This fills that void. Maybe we'll do the wrestler, the Darren Aronofsky film Ooh. at some point. Yeah, I have certainly some thoughts about Marissa Tomei in that movie. And Evan Rachel Wood. True. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this is maybe as close as we're going to get now. So this will give us a chance to talk about real wrestling. So, yeah, what ruth does in this moment is great classic wrestling stuff get that crowd back on right the baby faces side do what you have to do she comes up with this on the spot it works I so mean, it leads to another big match between their two characters which is how season one was built as well this is so fun about the ruth character though in general and the like it makes you kind of get into the spirit of the show is the fact that she is just like so into this like did not have like a history of being like a wrestling fan like at all but this was like after years of like trying to make it as an actress this was like her first chance and experience to do something and she just got like so into this world she's like producing segments like you know filming intros coming up with spots on the fly i love it yeah and i think that from what i gathered from that documentary this is true to life i think these women were not necessarily interested in wrestling, but once they were introduced to the world and this was their avenue to get on television, they were all bitten by that bug and they learned the business and they learned how it worked. And once you learn how it works, it's not that different from soap operas and shit, which is what Debbie learns in season one. It's just working marks, (laughs) you know? Yeah, it's simple stuff. Good guys and bad guys. Getting cheap heat. (laughs) And so this leads to them having another match. Debbie's stressed out about Mark dating a new girl. She's stressed out about trying to be a producer and not being taken seriously by Sam and Bash. And she does a little cocaine. (laughs) Yeah, kind of a wild move. She gets fucked up before the match. Right, which, I mean, as we know, was happening in the 80s. Certainly, and unfortunately in modern days sometimes as well, which led to Arn Anderson being fired as a producer for WWE recently because he let Alicia Fox get fucked up and go into the ring on a house show wow i didn't know that (laughs) it's pretty recent yeah debbie goes into the ring nobody knows that she's fucked up she seems kind of normal at first and then things kind of get wild she puts ruth into a submission hold where she's got her leg like bent back and instead of doing things normally she twerks it extra hard and breaks something Yeah. yeah now we were talking about this before we started recording I've watched this season a few times. I've had different feelings on this every time. The first time I watched it, I had that feeling like she did this on purpose because she's mad at Ruth for a number of reasons. Yeah. Stemming from her fucking husband. Now, I also think it's 
possible that, like we talked about, she's just doing it because of the drugs and her adrenaline is high and everything. But I'm also thinking it's not necessarily that she's just mad at Ruth, but she's just really mad in this moment because she's coming off of being angry with the Mark situation. And not just because of Ruth, but because of the whole like secretary mattress situation. I think it's fair to say that it's a combination. Okay. Of the drugs and her anger towards Ruth and anger towards the world. But no matter what, if this happened in a real situation, Debbie, Liberty Bell, no matter who she was, would be blacklisted from the industry, would be fired from the company, and no one would want to work with her because how can you trust someone like this? Oh, sure. No matter what's going on outside the ring. To be fair, though, she is the star of the show. (laughs) That's true. But no matter what's going on outside the ring... You can never bring that into the ring when the other person's giving themselves over to you and putting their body in your hands. Yeah. I will say. I mean, you can never take advantage of that. In real life, Edge stole Lita (laughs) from Matt Hardy. That was a real life thing that happened. If we're going to talk about. uh, And then they had matches against each other. Yeah, yeah. And you cannot take advantage (laughs) of that. Talking about like real wrestling for a second. Real wrestling. Well, you know what I mean. Like Olympic wrestling. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, like, real life outside the context of this fictional show. Right. There was a moment where I was kind of being reminded of Triple H because they're having a discussion about... I can't remember which one it is, but Liberty Bell wants to win the match because she's won. Oh, yeah. Who's going over? Yeah. Yeah, Nothing. Yeah. Am I fucking going over? That was like a Triple H slash Hulk Hogan moment. Right. Of like, well, I'm going over, brother. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I know. I got that, too. Yeah. So that's the thing. It's like all the other girls don't know. There's talk in the emergency room when they take Ruth there. Like, did she do this on purpose? There's definitely a question mark. Once this happened, it, it doesn't happen till like, the sixth or seventh episode. By the episode. way, I mean, and this is the thing with, like, Ruth being kind of a loser about all this, but it is just, like, devastating. Like, it's an emotional scene that she's just like, I'm not going to be able to be on the rest of the show. Yeah, like, because this is all she has. Right. And that makes me love the character and love the idea of the show, too, because the women, the characters on the show are so invested now in oh, making yeah. this work that they love wrestling. Even Debbie, who is kind of a heel Always in this acts moment, like it's beneath her, too. No, but like she says to Ruth in the season, she has that great couple of lines about how doing this like gave her her body back. Right. It's not her sons, like her little baby sons. It's not her ex-husbands. She's using her body to be physical and to do things, and it, she's now in control, and she possesses her own body again. And that's really like what this show is about empowerment and about feminism and why it matters. Because, yeah, people could dismiss this as like, oh, it's professional wrestling, it's wrestling, it's stupid. But the idea of what it is is not it doesn't matter. It's it's yeah. not necess- it could be anything. It could be about a women's baseball league or it could be about a women's sketch comedy group from the 70s or 80s. It could be about anything. It's about like they're doing this thing and taking control of it themselves. Right. And they're doing it. Like they have to actually go into the ring and learn how to do this shit oh, and yeah. then do it. That's the guy I did my first clothesline to. Yeah, they're not doing it for anybody but themselves. Like, this is the show. There's no end game with men. It's women are the stars of it. They are 
the undercard of it. They're the whole thing. And so they have to do it themselves and they have to learn it and be it. And so on a personal level, person to person, when Debbie says that about like taking possession of her body back, that's when it really hits home. And so Ruth, when she's put on the shelf by Debbie here, yeah, yeah, it's a heartbreaking moment because we knew her character <laughs> before this all started. She had nothing. She was barely scraping by. Right. And this was her big also, moment. You know, we're finding out about kind of the feeling in the shadow of Debbie for years, really. Like they were friends. Doing, well, yeah, that we get to that. Yeah. Doing like the auditions together and everything, but always just sort of being the one like never getting the parts. <laughs> just always kind of being like the it's never going to take off for me even even though it did take off for my friend when it gets to this moment where she snaps her ankle at the end of i think episode six and that leads into seven where the rest of the girls have taken ruth yep. to the emergency room debbie has like that unbelievable shower scene which <laughs> i'm st- i this is maybe all about feminism and female empowerment. I'm still going to point out, like, an unbelievable body. Oh, I mean, we're still going to appreciate the body, right? <laughs> like, good lord. Yeah. <laughs> I do like just gets, like, a full look. Yeah, which I think also played into, like, me thinking that character was gay because right. he wasn't, like, losing his mind. <laughs> I, I would have, like, fainted. I guess, and, yeah, I guess he was just keeping it together. I do appreciate that because this show is about women empowerment and stuff and doing this thing on their own they don't act like sexuality and femininity is not a thing it's still a part of it they wear very like revealing outfits sexuality is always a part of it like they have like the the bitty women that turn into like (laughs) the crazy women that are like spanking allison brie you know like different stuff i mean that part where like in season one where like Betty Gilpin is like bending over the ropes and like sticking her butt up in the air oh, to yeah. like try to get the other one to and run I mean, at her. They talk about having like the creep fan base, basically like these guys <laughs> just like sending them all these letters <laughs> and yeah. Yeah. And, and how they're going to basically exploit that. And, like, I do charge think, people to take pictures with I, them and everything. I think it's like Rhonda or one of them is like perverts or people too right. or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I appreciate. Right. But yeah, I mean, I don't know how we get all, got off on all that, but like back in the room. So, oh yeah, the the shower scene. So then <laughs> yeah. season or episode seven picks up with that, and then eventually, Debbie comes to the hospital. She's obviously ashamed of what she's done, and it's hard for her to right. go in to see Ruth. And then when she does, they finally have the real moment that they've been putting off since basically the beginning of season yeah, cause, one. Yeah, because I mean, Ruth has been like pretty pathetic as far as just like. Hey, do you want to hang out tonight? Like, for yeah, the past over half. and right, over yeah, yeah. and over. They did have that thing in season one, which got Debbie sucked into glow, which was Ruth is trying out for this and wrestling in yep. that gym. And then Debbie shows up and just starts beating her up. <laughs> yeah. And that was which their- I mean, would you not feel like if you're Debbie, how could you not feel a little bit guilty about beating up Ruth? I mean, she's so tiny and pathetic. Yeah. yeah, I know. But that was their only moment. Other than that, it's been very like awkward and non-confrontational and passive-aggressive. And so finally, in this episode, in the hospital room, they have it out, and they're like screaming Huge at each blow. other. Yeah. It's all coming out. All the dirty laundry. The resentment yeah. and the anger that led to all this bullshit. And I love, like in the aftermath of that, when Bash is like, oh, yeah, yeah, we all heard it. And the down person, the hall, the person the at the shop. gift shop won't stop talking about it, which 
I could imagine like, being you that person. Working at that gift shop. I used to like, work at a hospital. Like the best night at work ever. <laughs> like I worked at a hospital. If I overheard people screaming like that at each other, I would never stop talking about yeah. it. You're like texting like, me like, dude, I got to tell you about something that happened at work. <laughs> yeah. This one lady was like, that's when you fucked my husband. <laughs> like they're yelling at each other. <laughs> and they're all dressed like, I don't know what, strippers. <laughs> I don't know. Several women in leotards at the hospital tonight. But it all builds to Ruth not being able to compete, not being able to participate in the last couple of weeks. They still try to include her in the show because they're in the middle of the storyline with the kidnapping. And instead, they, they bring back Vicky the Viking. And, yes. they, and Liberty Bell has the climatic match with her instead and rescues her daughter from that locker and everything and whatever. And it leads to that last episode where they surprisingly allow ruth to participate in the battle royale thing for the crown right and i was like well they did have her dressed like zoya yeah i was like was she not suspicious of that right. part of it <laughs> like Which, if yeah. i'm gonna be working in the booth as a director why do i need to dress as zoya well you know because you never know when there's gonna be a you gotta be prepared at, at all times but they do have a little bit of like the Shawn michaels moment here where she comes in on a zip line yep yeah and Real wrestlers Carlito and Chavo Guerrero are involved at right. one point. I mean, the only other part of season two that's worth discussing, I guess, is the Justine stuff with her mom, Annabelle Shora. Like I said, it is heavily featured. Like, all of a sudden, like, tons of time will be dedicated to it. Yeah, so in season one, Justine pretends that she's interested in wrestling, and there's this whole thing where she's very interested in Sam's career, and then he tries to make out with her. Oh, no drunkenly or whatever and she reveals that she's actually his daughter and she's run away from home sam never contacts her mother <laughs> who he only had a one night stand with and then eventually at the end of the episode within the episode the one where they show us what the glow is like yeah, and she's yeah. like a nurse or whatever at the end in the skit like her i don't know if that's supposed to be like her stepdad or her mom's boyfriend is like right. oh isn't that justine and then the mother is played by annabella sora from sopranos yeah she was one of tony soprano's girlfriends or whatever right she's in a lot of movies and shit she's the mother she shows up there's a whole thing eventually justine's gonna have to go back to sacramento or yeah. whatever she hates sacramento understandable right yeah they do dedicate a lot of time to it i like justine i do too i like that actress i think she's fun i did like there's there's the part where you know the mom shows up and sam is just like i had sex with that woman 18 years ago or whatever yeah and here's justine and they're like <laughs> screaming at each other outside right <laughs> and uh ruth is just like that's your family <laughs> and then she's like i think you should put some pants on right <laughs> yeah that's the whole thing like this whole will they won't they vibe it's like ruth is staying at his house at one point oh i know yeah it's very strange they definitely i mean it's like that competition between russell and Sam at one oh, point over when who's Russell, gonna carry her into the hospital. Well, Russell like is a cameraman and he just puts his camera down and jumps into the ring to pick up right. Ruth when she's injured. It's like a whole. I think even Melrose is like, "Hey, officer and a gentleman," like that whole thing. Oh, I know. Like, <laughs> Anytime there's an officer and a gentleman reference, I just go nuts. God, I'm on like such a gear kick like right now. I watched American Gigolo the other wow. day. Wow. Do you the, have that? Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> although i didn't really understand it 
to be honest. I was like, I don't, by the end of it, I was like, what is happening? Yeah. An officer <laughs> and a gentleman is awesome, too. Yeah, Deborah Winger. Deborah Winger was like a huge star. She was in so many things in the 80s and now is like never in anything. She was by the by the 90s. She was completely done. It was a different time. You know, I don't know. runs would just end. She was a big star in the 80s, yet most people today probably don't know who Deborah Winger is. I think she's on that show with That's Ashton Kutcher and Sam Elliott on Netflix. Oh, The, the Ranch. Ranch. Yeah, I think she's on that. Okay, or something. all right. Anyway. So back in the mix then. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Richard Gere, Officer and Gentleman, Russell, Sam. Would recommend. <laughs> so it all ends with them going to Las Vegas. That's how they're not going to be on the same network they were on before, and... They're going to do a floor show in Vegas for a much bigger crowd, but it doesn't seem like they're going to be on television. Russell, who was a cameraman for that network, is not coming. Justine is going back to Sacramento. But everyone else, including Debbie, which in storyline, I'm not sure quite makes sense that she would be like, yeah, I'll keep doing this, even though it's not going to be on television. Right. I didn't really get that. So what's like the Mad Men like season premiere? Debbie's married to Russell at the beginning of... Debbie is yeah, very right. Yeah, I mean, just like completely <laughs> random. And you're like, well, I don't think happened? like in Glow that they necessarily jump in time as much as something like Mad Men. I know. <laughs> but it's always fun to think of like what the Mark jump- Maron's character is dead. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The new director is played by like Patton Oswalt yeah. or something. And it's just like, oh, God, this is horrible. <laughs> I'm not watching another episode. I mean, I don't really know if I would consider, like, Marin necessarily, like, a great actor, yet... He's believable for this kind of part. Yeah, I guess he's going to be in the new Todd Phillips Joker movie with Joaquin okay. Phoenix and Robert De Niro. Oh, okay. I don't know anything about a this. A friend of the show was telling me about this, and wow. De Niro was complaining to the director about Marin or something. I think <laughs> Marin was talking about this on his own podcast. Okay, yeah. He was like... De Niro would like stop and then like go talk to the director, and then the director would come talk to Marin with notes and it'd be like, well, clearly like De Niro was saying this. Uh oh, yeah. <laughs> I was just like, well, De Niro at this point does he even care? It's just like he just takes a paycheck. I don't right, think he it's really hard to believe what's going but, on. Yeah, he's a serious man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to The Irishman. Yeah, same. We now, yeah, really, uh, covered a lot of ground on this episode. Yeah. Well, we watched the Oscars together, so you saw we the, did. the teaser. It was not really much. Yeah. It was just like a voiceover. <laughs> I heard you paint houses. Yeah, I do. Or whatever. <laughs> it's like, that was it. <laughs> like, okay. Right, I, although I am looking forward to it, though. So I'm in on Glow. I'll probably revisit season one at some point since I apparently don't really remember much of it. I watched season one in preparation for this to refamiliarize myself. And I think in the immediate aftermath of season two i was like oh season two is even better than season yeah. one because i was so caught up in the debbie ruth dynamic i mean by I, the I will end. say i, I yeah i think in retrospect i did i do think season one's better that hospital scene though i i do think is just like on a whole other level than anything else on the whole show it's just like an unbelievable scene I yeah thought. that's the peak right. of the whole show yeah i would agree with that Okay. Follow okay. the show on Twitter at Creators Pod. Subscribe on iTunes and check out Glow on Netflix. Now, I forgot to mention this at the beginning of the show, but I do think we are going to take a week break. Little break. One week. Yeah. <laughs> Let everyone catch up. I hope you're appreciating the new on the record episode that just dropped. Miley Cyrus. Yeah. Bangers. If you're not enjoying it, you know. Some people are complaining about. It. Keep it Already. to yourself. Yeah. yeah. Go fuck yourself. <laughs>
We're trying our best. That's right. I know. We're. I mean, I, I think we've been very good at like pumping out the content. Oh yeah, that's why. I, that's why I think it's time for a break. We've been going pretty strong since we came back. Yeah. With what was the first one back? Was it Fargo? I think you could tell in this episode a little out of energy, a little off the rails. You know. We're recording this one a little later. It's a little night. late. We did like a whole kind of hour and a half like rant session before we even started recording. I have a strong drink going. Yeah. But I mean, I think there's still some, you know, there's still some nuggets of gold in there. Well, I think when we did Red Oaks, it was very similar. Like it's True. just a try to right, like a comprehend. We can't uh, go from like beginning. No, let's it, just it, hit it a take couple five hours. To do hit that. a couple bullet points. Jump all over the place. I would like people to check out the documentary on Netflix about the gorgeous ladies of wrestling, and I would like them to check out Glow. I think Glow. Is a fun show. I actually Glow think it's good. more watchable than Orange Is the New Black. Although I did enjoy, I the like first it more than Orange Is the New Black. I too. liked the first couple seasons of that. Okay. However, yeah, I think Glow is better. It's it's just more fun. Yeah, Glow is a fun show. Orange Is the New Black was sometimes funny, but it was also like a bummer. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So thank you for listening, and we will see you in two weeks. See ya. Children drunk lemonade And the morning lasted all day All day And through an open window came Like Sinatra in a younger day Pushing the town
decades of emphasizing ass. 